Welcome to this week's serving of Oyster Stew, a mix of financial services commentary and insights. Each week, we'll discuss what is happening in the industry based on what we see as we work with regulators and clients. We hope you come away with the knowledge and tools to help you make the best decisions for your firm's future. As we continue to produce our podcast from home without access to our recording studio, please be patient as we work to improve our recording quality. Hi, I'm Patrick Dennis. I'm the general counsel and one of the founders of Oyster Consulting. And with me is Evan Rosser, a director with Oyster Consulting. And both Evan and I do a fair amount of litigation consultant and expert witness work. And we thought today we would talk a little bit about what we think is uh, coming as a result of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. And do we think there's going to be an increase in arbitrations, customer complaints, all of those things because of the market volatility and the market downturn. I think pretty obvious are the high of the low of the Dow and the uh, S&P. Um, both of those went down pretty much close to 30% from the high in late January or thereabouts to when this all started in March uh, and the lows that were, were coming. So, um, we certainly expect there's going to be some some fallout from that, and I think most other people do as well. Evan, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, I I agree, and I think there's a lot of anecdotal evidence about the increase in complaints, but but there are some statistics around it as well. Back in 2008, in that financial crisis, uh, arbitration cases went up 53 percent. Uh, and they went up the next year in 2009 as well. The failure to supervise claims uh, have a big jump back in 2008, 2009, unsuitability. Margin calls are big. Failure to have your trades executed in busy markets is a a major uh, customer complaint and arbitration. I think a lot of this, especially on issues such as alternative investments and uh, ETFs, they, if you're on the wrong side of the market, and those products, uh, you're going to have some unhappy customers. And one thing to keep in mind, I think, is an increase in arbitrations will likely result in an increase in FINRA investigations. Arbitrations are really customer compliance, and FINRA will look at these and will investigate these. So uh, along with arbitration claims, for a lot of firms, I think you'll be seeing greater number of investigations from FINRA, cause investigations. Yeah, I think, I mean, certainly uh, you you may, instead of just arbitrations, you may see a pretty big uptick in customer complaints. A lot of times customer complaints precede arbitrations, whether they have a lawyer or not, claimants or clients of broker-dealers and investment advisors will send in written customer complaints, and those will almost always result in uh, FINRA inquiry into the facts and circumstances, the response, what's the firm doing, what happened, and all of those sorts of things. So, And we've actually helped out with those things in the past as well with various firms. You know, one of the things that, that occurs to me, and while I certainly agree that we're going to see an uptick in failure to supervise, we are certainly going to see a uptick in margin cases because the, despite what all the literature and the disclosures say, clients are not required to get notice of a margin sellout. Um, and all of those things, I've done a number of those cases I've been involved in as an expert witness in a number of those cases. And it's always something that's hard for uh, clients to understand and even harder for panels to understand that 
that is one of the, the aspects of margin is that you're not required to give the client notice when you sell it out. And they've agreed to all that in all the client and margin agreements. But one of the things that I recall, and certainly I hate to say how far back this is, but in the um, 1987 crash, uh, I was about two years in at the SEC at that time. And remember, you know, other than the, the market volatility and, and the huge correction and everything else. But the, the biggest problem that I remember is folks having a very difficult time communicating with their broker or investment advisor, just not getting return phone calls, not being able to get through, not being able to place orders, not being able to um, talk to their registered rep about the market, about their situation. And that was always a big uh, challenge then. It was the same thing in during the tech wreck in 2000, 2001. Same thing in 08, 09. You always heard these these stories about clients that were unable to get a hold of their broker. And so I would encourage any firm that, it, you know, in the midst of all this, ignoring your client is not going to make it get better. It's not going to make it go away. Uh, you need to communicate. You need to, you know, put in the long hours to make sure you return those phone calls and return those, you know, emails, text messages, whatever your, however your clients are trying to communicate with you. I would strongly recommend you do that because every time I've seen this in in my career that's now 35 plus years, the lack of communication or the inability to get a hold of a broker or registered rep or investment advisor and discuss the problems has always been a huge issue. So I would strongly urge folks to do whatever they need to do to make sure they're still communicating with their clients. You know, the other thing that's that's somewhat interesting is, you know, we've seen a pretty big shift in 08 to at least 2017 or even now probably more so of the number of firms that are investment advisors as opposed to commission accounts in 08 that was about a year after the uh, fcpa versus um, sec suit that eliminated the fee in lieu of commission as part of the brokerage account and required them to be an investment advisory account shortly after that it was about 26 percent of the accounts were considered to be investment advisory rather than brokerage in 2017 it was 45 percent and at this point i'm sure it's probably over 50 percent of the client accounts are actually with an investment advisor as opposed to a broker or a dual registrant on the investment advisory side and I think we're going to see a lot of cases that are going to come out of that, not only instead of suitability, but breach of fiduciary duty is the standard, of course, for the investment advisor. We're going to see a lot of cases out of that, but we're also going to, I think, see cases in the investment advisor's duty to monitor and duty to keep track of the client's assets and all those things and monitor the accounts. And that's going to be a huge issue, I think, um, coming up. Your thoughts, Evan? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think on the broker-dealer side, I, I don't think any product or investment is going to be immune. But I agree with you uh, on the advisory side or on the fee-based uh, brokerage side, there are going to be a lot of complaints about monitoring accounts. You got me out too late. You got me back in too soon, whatever it is. Those claims are going to be fiduciary-based claims, are going to be, uh, I think, a lot more prevalent than they were in the last uh, crash when the market performed so poor, so poorly. As I said, the broker-dealer side is going to be very product-based. This product performed poorly or was not suitable for me. So I think you'll see a lot of those going forward. In, in, in some of the work I've done, and I know you've done this as well, Patrick, I've been a consulting expert 
in helping firms understand the FINRA process. Now, in the arbitration process, that's not quite the issue, but on the enforcement side, knowing how FINRA and formerly NASD put together their cases, they're very helpful for firms and their counsel to have someone who can walk through the books and records, understands FINRA examination procedures, can help with trading analysis, uh, suitability questions, reviewing exhibits and helping prepare exhibits. Uh, so I've done a lot of that. And I think that's equally important on the arbitration side as, as well as the enforcement side. I, I think the one question that going forward that is going to become particularly important in this area is after June 30 is Reg BI and form CRS. And it's probably helpful that that was not in effect during the period of the, the first quarter of this of this year. Uh, but going forward, it is going to be a, an important issue because every arbitration claim, every customer complaint is going to begin with the review of that form CRS and for broker dealers, the Reg BI disclosures. And that's where you're going to demonstrate your uh, best interest determinations. That's where you're going to demonstrate that you've disclosed the conflicts, you've disclosed your compensation. So going forward, I would imagine those disclosures are going to be item one to be requested in any arbitration or customer complaint. No, I agree. I think um, interesting, I saw an article today that the uh, Second Circuit Court of Appeals has, has agreed to expedite its hearing of the lawsuit against Reg BI or against the implementation of Reg BI and is expected to hear oral arguments early June and could come up with a decision just about the time this is going to be implemented. So whether or not that goes forward, as expected, uh, obviously you have to plan on it. You can't uh, hope that the Court of Appeals will save you, but you're going to have to be ready for Reg BI and your, your disclosures and your form CRS. But it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. But I agree. I think, you know, that's going to be one of the, the first things we're going to see. And I think, you know, Reg BI, not only is the disclosures, all of the duties and obligations you have under that, but I also think it's going to be the best interest of the client in terms of various investments that you put this client in. It's going to be a challenge, I think. And I've always thought that, that Reg BI may create some real challenges for firms to both document everything they've done and everything they've recommended, but also to clearly keep track of the investments that they recommended, why they did it, and the alternatives that they could have recommended uh, at the same time, because claimants lawyers for sure are going to look for and find alternative investments that could have been recommended and, you know, obviously may have performed better in those things. So I think that's going to be a challenge in its own right. Uh, throwing in the, the issue of the COVID-19 challenges and market volatility is just going to make it even more challenging and difficult, is my thought. I mean, I think the other thing that the one area we may see a lot of arbitrations and, and actions are, is in the fixed income and municipal securities. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of the municipal securities that are out there may have some challenges with the delayed taxes, the delayed interest and all of those sorts of things. Uh, we're gonna, I don't think we're going to see a, a 
catastrophe like we did on the Puerto Rican bonds, but I think we are going to see some municipalities and that are going to struggle to, to make their payments and make their interest payments and all of those things because of the decreased tax revenues from all the businesses that are sitting idle right now. So that'll be interesting to see whether that's going to be uh, an issue, but I expect it might be. Mm-hmm. Well, Reg BI is certainly going to put a burden on a firm to demonstrate how they make their best interest determinations. More than ever, they're going to need to have procedures that demonstrate how they get to that best interest determination. And that is uh, that is going to be a challenge. It's, it's clearly going to be very challenging for firms to do that, to have procedures that can demonstrate that. Firms need to also be very sensitive to products that they're offering on their platform that overcharge and underperform. They are going to be ish- they are going to be products that firms need to look at very carefully. When they don't perform and customers are dissatisfied, they are going to look at those costs. They're going to look at procedures at the firm. And it's going to be important that you have that buttoned up and you're you're sensitive to that. But uh, well, I think you're right, Evan. I think you're going to see a lot greater scrutiny on fees and fee sensitivity by clients and, and frankly, the claimant's bar as to, you know, the investments that folks are getting and the fees that are getting charged and uh, relative to performance and in general. So I think all of those issues are going to be uh, on the table and are going to be something that we're going to be hearing about for a while. We all know that, you know, there's a little bit of a lag between the uh, the, the market volatility or the market downturn and folks spending some time getting looking at their statements again, figuring out what their losses have been. Um, well, in closing, Evan, thank you for your time and your thoughts. I think it'll be interesting to see how this develops and, and what occurs here. And the industry is going to uh, be impacted by all of this and the market volatility and downturn that, that occurred. But um, you know, the good news is those of all of us that hung on to our investments and, and didn't panic and didn't sell usually ended up doing pretty well. So in any event, if we can at Oyster can do anything to help in terms of litigation support or uh, expert witness, please keep us in mind. We'd love to talk to you. And even if you don't think we've got the right folks, give us a call because even if we don't, we might know the right people to, to at least recommend and help you out. Feel free to look at our website at www.oysterllc.com. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Oyster Stew podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so we can continue to bring you resources to help you make the best decisions for your firm. If you're struggling with a topic and you'd like us to do a podcast on it, or you'd like a free consultation, feel free to reach out to us at 804-965-5400 or by visiting our website at oysterllc.com.